taught it at least. It's not self, it's selfing, really. Self is already, you've given it too much credit. It's been been, uh, elevated to a noun. It's not a noun, it's a mental activity, really. It's a mental activity. You weren't bait, it wasn't even uh, firing when you were first uh, appeared in a body, seemingly, yet. You weren't, there was no sense of a self being produced. The mental process wasn't cooking. So, see, the, the sense of a self is a product. So, what if the product, if what's making the product isn't on yet, the product won't be there. Yeah? In other words, the mind, the mental process had to generate a feeling of being a self and then building a whole thought system around that idea called self-centeredness and then that geometrically progressing in what we call time and a life yeah. so one action here begets another, begets another and then geometrically progresses yeah, this place in time it gets sort of like, let's say the, the mistake in a way or the miss uh, the miss uh, seeing oh, yeah, is there small little, small little impossibility that seems to be possible and then it geometrically progresses in, in manifestation so the insanity, which could have passed like that, now gets a, like a, a, a hold and starts manifesting or influencing the manifestation. And you can see people's, the neurosis of mind just goes more and more, more and more convolutions, more and more eating its own tail, yeah, more and more illness. Like supposedly when they first had psychiatry, because obviously the observer uh, sees what it wants to see, but I think there was only like 10 mental illnesses when they first started studying mental illnesses. Now there's like 488 mental illnesses. So you see? It just progresses and it subdivides and then progresses more and subdivides because it's just the mind entertaining and a freaking incredible impossibility and causing it to seem possible, at least to us. But how it can only seem possible is there's got to be a you there. Just like false evidence appearing real, false evidence to appear real needs a you to appear real too. Because it's false evidence, yeah? False evidence is false evidence, but it gets sort of a life here by appearing real to us. So you and I are the biggest players here. Like in physics, they say when they do um, any uh, experiment, the biggest influence of the experiment is the observer of it. So you, me, are the biggest influence in what we call my life. Yeah? Because we give it the meaning it has. You see? Yeah. Hey, Jim. So if you can recognize, let's say, like the movement, one basic movement of selfing, this mental process is to claim. Yeah? So when the mental process is doing the talking for us, it says it has a body. Yeah? Whatever that vague thing is that is called you, yeah? it, it says it has a body. It doesn't say it's the body. It usually says my body, yeah? my body, my arm. So it's like a, a sense of ownership yeah? or a claiming. So it basis is you never really see who you are, but you get a sense of it by all of, it, all of what it own, owns yeah? or claims. So you never see the thinker, but you really believe you're the thinker, yeah? By the way thoughts are held, because the thoughts are held as yours. So every thought is used to imply that there's a thinker. And so you just assume that you're the thinker. (laughs) Now, what does a thinker look like? (laughs) 
Does it look like what it thinks? Which would be very subtle things, you know? What does it look like? What does the thinker look like? Well, in answers to the name me. <laughs> well, who is this me? <laughs> it ain't you. <laughs> All right, that's clear. <laughs> but to you, it is a you. <laughs> when what's looking is looking from here, this me is a you. And right now, the you outweighs the me. I'm the only one that says I'm me. You all say I'm you. <laughs> Seriously, if you throw eight hundred people in here, they are not—they have no confusion about what I am. I'm a you to them. <laughs> They've probably seen me clearer than I've ever seen myself my whole life. They're seeing it. Hey, that's you. <laughs> You're a junkie, and what this and what that. What I am? I thought it was me. I thought I was just portraying a junkie. <laughs> so this me is the mental sense of what comes from after the claiming. So conscious contact is what's bringing us light. Yeah, I'm seeing this thing. I feel it. It's cold. Yeah, I can smell. Da, da, da. Yeah. So there's like five gates, basically six gates, in Buddhism the mind's a gate. Yeah? So there's six gates which consciousness moves through and has an experience here. It sees subtle things called thoughts, actually hears them, you know. But seeing is not just based on visual, seeing is awareness, right? So now it's the thoughts are being uh, seen, you're feeling things, you're smelling things, you're hearing things, yes? So that's conscious contact. The mental process is there is a consciousness about the mental process. It's available. Because the mental process rises after the conscious contact. Conscious contact is prior to everything else. Before you see a thing, the seeing's got to be there. Yeah? The thing isn't there, then you see it. It's the seeing, then there's a thing. So, yes? Yeah, yeah. So the seeing comes prior to everything. The mental process happens, produced by the brain, yeah? And that mental process, its movement is to claim the seeing by calling itself the seer. Yeah? So now, instead of feeling that spirit or consciousness is looking through you, you think, well, that looking, whatever's looking through me signifies me. I have, I own that. I'm conscious. Yeah? I have the consciousness. So now, what precedes you is now claimed by you. <laughs> it's a tricky maneuver, right? Because the mental process produces you, and then you say, I'm the one who's bringing about this whole process through conscious contact. I'm conscious. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's feeling. And you can see, it doesn't have, it doesn't change its tune. Just like it sees the body and says it's mine, the seeing of thoughts, it says it's, I'm a thinker. This, it's also, it sees or is conscious of the awareness, and it says, I'm the one who's aware. It doesn't switch. It's always claiming. So whatever it becomes conscious of or aware of, it claims. Yeah? But it's, it, the possibility of claiming is brought about by the consciousness, not the mental process. Without the consciousness, there would be no noting what to claim. Yeah? So, no matter how seemingly powerful self is, or selfing is, there's a power greater than it, which is consciousness, or spirit, if you want to call it that. And so, the dilemma is, okay, so now I understand that the main movement is claiming. That's just my opinion. You check it out. You'll see. 
see when, how you hold thoughts. You hold the thoughts as you're the thinker, yeah, or they're about you. That's, that is uh, an expression of the claiming, yeah? Don't get fooled by the expression. See where, what it points to, which is the claiming, yeah? The feeling of, this is, I'm the doer of the actions, yeah? That's also a claiming. So the actions happen, the mental process claims them, interprets it, this, this event as I'm the one who did it. Well, let Buddha, supposedly, if he had a nice statement that just put an end to that, he says, you know, events are happening, deeds are being done, but there's no individual doer thereof. So he's just trying to cut it at the root. It's not denying an action hasn't happened, it's denying that that implies that there was a doer, a personal doer of the action. See, we try to get, the mental process gets relevance for its basic story by claiming an action. Because you can't dispute something happened. But you can dispute, did it happen to someone? <laughs> or did someone do it? Yeah. But we usually, the question ends at, oh, an action happened, there must have been a doer, I must have done it. Yes. And if I can't figure out I did it or you did it, then God did it. Somehow there was someone, something did it. Yeah? Um, if you have any questions, hold them on there. So, with this movement, alright, so now, okay, every thought that's seen, yeah, heard, is held with this interpretation that I'm the thinker of it, or they're about me. That is the bondage. It's not the thought, it's the, these two locked in. How a thought is held, that you're the thinker of it, or it's about you. That's the locking. That's the bondage of self. If you should, see what it does is it gives you a, a false journey. Well, let's try to make all your thoughts good thoughts, yeah. And we'll try to deny the bad thoughts. You're on a fucking goose hunt, yeah. It's it just it it's sort of like Dracula joining all the uh, vampire hunting, yeah. He's totally willing to kill all the vampires because then he never questioned the big vampire him. So the selfing is totally willing to give up a lot. Oh yeah, let's try to. You know, practice affirmations all day and just make the bad thoughts, get them and have good thoughts. All presumed based on that you're the thinker of it. Yeah? You see the leap? If you're the thinker of it, then you should have some control. And that's what's so confusing is it doesn't seem like you do. Yeah? yeah? If you're the thinker of the thoughts, you should be able to say, hey, I don't want to think this way. Mm-hmm. But the feeling of that you thought it, it's after the thought already has been seen. It's already locked in place. You're responding not before the fire, but after the fire. You're trying to put the fire, you know, you're trying to put the fire out is how it keeps burning. Yeah. So the, the, that movement of claiming, just check it out. It's based on an incredible assumption and yet, when it goes unnoticed, it geometrically progresses every day. So, like, we always joke, like, you know, I come in here and I say, hey, I'm going to have to take a break for a while. I forgot to digest this burrito, you know, last night. It's got a big black bean and carnitas in there. And it's getting, and I want the pizza on Tuesday. I forgot the freaking, Jesus Christ, i got to take off for the rest of the day and just spend my day vigilantly digesting. Yeah? It's oh, that's so funny. But you believe you're the thinker of the thoughts, a much more subtle activity, yeah, of this body-mind. You believe you're the thinker, but you would sound funny if you believed that you were the digester. It's so obvious you don't digest your food, the food, do you? But yet, 
it doesn't seem obvious to you that you're not the thinker of the thoughts. That actually, the feeling of being a thinker is a thought itself. You don't see that. You know? So how are you going to get relief from something you're not seeing? <laughs> Any form of trying to get relief, if there's not seeing it, is part of the disease, in a way. You're under the trance, struggling, <laughs> which promotes the trance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours, I did it, but the mind did, in its own noose. To be released from that gallows, I can sort of tell you about the procedure of the hanging that you're involved with every day. <laughs> I, can, I know how many strands are in the rope. I know how it tightens. <laughs> I know how it'll dangle you, and it'll probably let you go just to come back again. <laughs> so by seeing it, it opens up the possibility that maybe I won't start at square three of the game. I'll start becoming conscious of the consciousness of contact. Yeah, like Buddha said, when you see, see. When you hear, hear. When you think, think. The feeling. Get the sense of what's actually happening. Yeah. When you taste, taste. When you touch, touch. Yeah. Instead of now, most of us are living, there's the touch. But that's forgotten, and what's emphasized is the toucher and what's been touched. Yeah? Mm. We, we miss the living of the of event, and we take the, and we, we, we depend on the story about the event. Yeah? So the event is the living of it, but we're in a mental story about it, which is totally regulated and defined by this incredibly crazy idea called the past, yeah. which we so have no proof of whatsoever. We're actually experiencing. Hmm? We're actually experiencing. No, we're not experiencing it. We're living an interpretation, hmm. basically. We're on a time delay. The mental process has, has produced like a hiccup that we're sort of in a fugue about, and then when we come to, it's already preset. Yeah? The situa- in other words, the situation, the way you're looking at things, oh, everything is already preset. So you, the struggle is futile after this point. You want to see it before it sets up. Once it sets up, all your efforts to get out are just another form of being in, in a way, truly. But if you can see that maybe if you learn about the self, you will forget the self, because you will learn that it isn't you, and if it ain't about you, you'll forget about it. Seriously, it's just as just as simple. You can t- do it in a. You can, like I always use the example. There's a lady that I've seen that I'm interested in, and she's in a meeting over in this room. And I'm thinking, you know, all these wild ideas. You know, I have my first baby with her, and this, and that. I don't even know her, but my mind's running a great story about it, and I'm getting mentally excited, you know. <laughs> which is going to lead to an incredible disappointment, but, you know, it's like a mental rush that flattens out all the time. But there she is, and I'm here doing the talk, and I know I should be here, you know. I know I should be present. I may be trying to be present, but my attention and interest keeps going into the conversation because I'm hoping she says something about me. Because I will totally not go for it if I feel I'm going to get rejected. Because that's much more important than even living my dreams that I think she's going to fulfill. I don't want to get rejected. No way. <laughs> so, 
I'm listening keenly, and people are talking to me. Hey, Paul, just be nice. Yeah, I agree with you. And then someone comes and drops a book on the table and says, you know, how to lose interest in a conversation in another room, you know? <laughs> so I read it, you know, but it still doesn't seem to help my interest and attention because it isn't your interest and attention. It's, it's, not, it's not like your dog. You whistle it, it ain't coming. When you call it your name, it doesn't answer. Yeah? It's not yours. It's predicated on certain situations. If those situations in place, it's going to go to where it's going. Yeah, there. Because what it takes it to, you have taken yourself to be something that now it has to be keenly interested in. It's called the bondage of self. You're constantly interested in everything and how it pertains to you. It's an addiction of mine. So there it goes. And finally, as she says something, and I'm really aware, and then she says, Matt, I really like that guy, Matt. Now, my name is Paul, so what happened? I don't have to take a three month course of how to retrieve my quote-unquote, my attention from the other room, my, I lose interest in it because it's not about me. Where does the attention go? Find out. Find out what it's like when the attention boomerangs back. It ain't going to come back to you. It goes out. And now that same attention that was fueling the suffering of a bondage to self, of self, now is bringing you relief and enriching your life. Yeah? Same, same interest and attention. Just freed. Yeah? Freed from a plea, like we say in recovery, please relieve me of the bondage of self. Yeah? You go on. Please relieve me of the bondage of self. What is the bondage of self? Yeah? That your interest and attention is constantly bonded to the idea of life happening to you. All the emphasis is on is you. That's the source of the suffering. If your interest and attention lost interest in that because it isn't you, then that same interest and attention that was enriched or inflaming the bondage of self would enrich one's life. Yeah? Like it describes in the big book. You lose interest in yourself and gain interest in others. That's what the whole point was. You learn about the self to forget the self. Yeah? You don't learn about the self to have self-knowledge. It's going to avail you nothing. You learn about the self to forget it. Because if the knowledge is pretty good, it will distill into one realization. Hey, I'm not that. I'm not that arthritic phantom that's constantly being pointed at by my mental process. By every conscious contact being claimed, inferring that there's a someone that's doing it. Yeah, that there's someone who never shows up, you never see it in the mirror, you just use your body to signify it, but your head doesn't even believe it's the body. It says, I have a body. You never see who you are because you're not that. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean really not that. Because what you really are can't be seen, but what you really, really, really are, yeah, it needs to be seen, or it has no chance whatsoever. The mental fabrication of a thing playing God needs a body to appear in. What God is doesn't need anything to appear. It already is. Yeah? So like it says in the recovery program, if you look at this 12 steps as a linear process, it says, and you would think that first would be more important than next. Yes? In a linear process, wouldn't you think? Logically, first would mean 
more emphasis on that, then next would come after that emphasis. It says in the in the, the fourth step, it says, okay, we're now at step three, and we got we're gonna do whatever we're gonna do, turn our own life over. But first, we've got to quit playing God. First, quit playing God, and then next in the drama of life, God is gonna be director. We're gonna be his servants. Yes. So the emphasis is really on quit playing God because if the quit playing God isn't seen, then what will be surrendering its will life to a God will be another God, the God of self. And it's always going to have a lesser God than it that it's going to surrender to. So it can play this little pantomime of, oh, I've taken it back, then I surrender again, then I take it back. It's like a big kid giving a bag of candy to a little kid in the in the playing playground, and then anytime it wants it, give me that back. It takes it. That's a fucking weak God. Yeah? This is what mind plays. Self makes up a God that you surrender to. That's why it's not reliable at all times. You may get a parking space or maybe a date for a month or whatever. <laughs> whatever will happen, you know. Not flip out at the next picnic or something like that. Woo! What a success. It sounds great, but your level of success is going to be quite quite meager. Yeah? Because you're relying on something that's not reliable. It's like in the third sentence, it says, turn your willing life over to the care of a higher power of your own understanding, hopefully you get to the point that you will surrender the will and life over the care of a higher power of its own understanding. Because then you'll be radically surprised. I swear to God. Then it'll be revelatory. Because that God is God, in a way. That's got a lot of juice. The one I'm surrendering to is a God of my own making, of self's own making. Man, <laughs> it's fucking weak. <laughs> this thing... I mean, revelation is much better than knowledge. Fucking much better. To know is nothing like to find out. So if you can suspend the system of self-centeredness, and it's not you suspending it, you just realize it's not about you, and then the interest and attention, which is holding it all up, gets just taken out. Yeah? And then the house of cards is seen as a house of cards. Yes? And all those, all those cells have an open door. There's, you're the only one that's living in it as if it's a cell. And it's a mobile prison. It's wherever you are. <laughs> yeah. You're not leaving a certain place and now you're free of the prison. Wherever you leave, you take the prison with you because you're bonded to self, to the idea of being a cell. Yeah. And it promises you it promises to bring about and manifest all those things like happiness, joy, sense of freedom, but it doesn't have a clue how to produce that. Yeah? So you, it's constantly filled up with advertising, but if you just say, where's the happiness, joy, sense of freedom? Well, uh, it's still in the factory, you know? It's a, yeah, it's, we lost your order. The invoice. You, some, you did something. That's what usually it does. It's, you're not practicing enough. If you practice harder, then you will deserve it. Yeah? And we fall for it all the fucking time. <laughs> and then tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And then before you know it, man, the geometrical progression has gotten pretty fucking extreme. And now it doesn't seem like there's any way to retrace your steps. Yeah. 
So if you could... See, I fundamentally know and have a strong feeling about that nothing ever happened, actually. That what's available and what's always been so is so right now. That no matter the most heinous act I ever did didn't leave a mark on that spaceless. You know? No matter how far away I think I am from it, if I would drop that idea, I'd be right where I've always been. Yeah? That there's no need to get into the moment because I can't be out of the moment. Yes? There's no need to try to be more clear because I can't be more clear than I am. The possibility of clarity is endless. Yeah? Do you want to be the one who's clear? Good luck. But clarity may, may move through this opportunity if there isn't a you to block it. Yeah. So, in addiction, what I wanted to get out of was a mental here. I thought it was here, yeah? But in fact, it was a mental here. The mental here was filled with there and then, past and future. The mental here is, has nothing to do with here. The mental here is a conveyor or a vehicle of the entertaining of a mythical idea of a past and a future. Yes? That was driving me fucking crazy. I wanted relief, but I took it to be here. Yeah? And so the exact place where the solution was, the I had the utmost drive to get out of here. And the only solution to the here I wanted to get out of was to be here. Yeah? It was the only solution. To really be here was my solution to the mental here. The mental, the mental solution to the mental here was to get out of here, which enforced the mental here more and more and more and more and more and more, and also started to spin out incredible consequences here, going to jail, two years in programs, all this stuff, all these, dem all these demonstrations that something was wrong, and I couldn't read the tea leaves. Because I was not reacting or responding to it here, I was responding to a mental here. And it was scaring the living hell out of me, and I would do anything, I would pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. And I felt extremely uncomfortable when I was obsessed with this mental here. And it doesn't seem, how can I get out of something I can't be in? That was the fucking dilemma. If drugs could have taken me out of here, I would have been long gone. Because I was a perfect devotee to drugs. I'd match my devotion to drugs to any spiritual devotee in the annals of spiritual history. I gave everything away. I prostituted myself. I took whatever I could from you and gave it away. I loved it. True devotion. I loved cocaine. I loved shooting coke. All of that happened. I took it as far as I could before the consequences of I gave up, and there was no real transcendence. Because I can't get out of what I'm not in. I was trying to leave a mythical place called this mental here. And if I could have, I would have, but I can't because it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> That's the dilemma. Turn the light off of you, look at the situation. No matter how 
devoted or art, you know, how much zeal you have about getting out of somewhere, if you're not in it, it's not going to work. It's going to produce a hell. <laughs> Literally. You're going to produce a hell out of what you think is hell. <laughs> That's like hell three times over. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> and it's also in recovery it talks about the daily reprieve you know from alcoholism from that incessant the obsessive taking everything and seeing how it pertains to you <laughs> which is really tiring <laughs> it says will be contingent on the maintenance of your spiritual condition. So your daily reprieve from that mental activity will be dependent on your spiritual condition. So in a way, what the steps are doing and our fellowship are doing and hope maybe even this meeting is doing is diminishing a mental condition so that another condition that's available, because all these are potentials, if you want to call it a spiritual condition, can become obvious to us, yeah? But we can't see it from the mental condition because the mental condition has taken seeing and caused and turned it into looking. So no matter how much you look for it, you won't be able to see what is. Yeah? You won't be able to recognize it. You're, you're going up the wrong tree constantly because you can't approach what you are by doing and having. Yeah. So the steps diminish the mental condition, yeah? The spiritual condition, which is another possibility, it's here. All these are here, yeah? They're all pregnantly here. If the mind entertains them, the mind can entertain an incredible mental condition. If the mind starts losing interest in that mental condition, they'll start entertaining what we call a spiritual condition, yeah? So it's sort of like here. When we're in the mental condition, the view of the sunlight and the spirit is that it's outside the window, Yeah? And we're in this room. We're in this thing called self, yes? This little room, this mental room. And the window, the shade's down. That little five-cent shade, in, in this perspective, has the ability to block us off from the sunlight of the spirit, yeah? We're here in this room. It's dark. The shades are down. The light isn't coming in. And so when you're in a dark place, you have to base everything on, like, speculation. Yeah? You don't really know where the door is, so you make up an idea, or someone's selling you a map to where the door once was, and, then you're, and you don't know how to travel, so you're bumping into people, you're not processing well, so you make up preemptive excuses, and you get knee pads, so you don't get yourself in the thing. And all this activity, instead of just turning on the light, but we're even talking about, here you are, this is self-centeredness. So it only looks like the only way I can get to the sunlight and the spirit is to do something, get to the shade, or have someone else help me, pull the shade up, and then some sunlight of spirit will come in, and I'll feel better, yeah? Because that's what we need, is light. But what happens is, then the shade still has the potential to block off the sunlight and the spirit. Yes? Based on what? On the take of this whimsical God called self, so the God may say, oh, you're disconnected, then the shade seems to be down. 
Now look, you got to do something again. Or you have to be exiled in the darkness. I did something really bad. And someone who's done something bad can't be in the light. All this fucking bullshit in your head. So then it's this whole game of turning up, you know, this and that. We're saying, possibly, if you're not that, which is setting the sense of being in this room, this idea of being a self, you're on the other side. You're in the light. You still see the shade, but now the shade has no power to stop you from seeing the light because it's only blocking the mental room that you're not in. You're not in the mental room. When you're in the mental room, it's as real as real can be. You really feel disconnected. You really feel connected. You really feel, I did this retreat, the shade was almost all the way up. I went home, I fucked up, it's down again. Yes, and that's what seems like happening. But, in fact... The mind, the same mind that's playing with that, can give up or lose interest in the center of this whole system, and it sees itself on the side of the light. Just like if you were on the side of the sun, the clouds have no power to stop you from getting light anymore. You see the clouds, but you're seeing them from the sun side. That's exactly what this is like. You entertain a possibility, just entertain it. You start getting information about self. It distills into I'm not that. You suddenly are placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort in your part, and that neutrality is outside the room. You're in the light. Yes? You're in the light now. <laughs> and in the light, there's no in out of the light. <laughs> there's no possibility you can be out of the light. Because you see the room as a mental construction. You see the door, you see the shade. It all seems real from here, but it ain't real from there. Yeah? It's lost its ability to influence you anymore. Because you're not giving it the meaning of reality anymore. The light is the reality. Yeah? So what happens? You travel lighter through many rooms. Because you, no matter if the, if the mind says the shade's down, you don't fall for it. I don't care if there's 12 locks on the door. You don't fall for it. You move through mental experiences and everything like that, but you're always in the light. You've never not been in the light. Yeah. Nor will you ever not be in the light. No matter how the mental condition portrays the quote-unquote you, it doesn't fucking matter because the light overrides it. The light outshines the circumstances and the situations of a mental interpretation. You travel lighter. And in a sense, when you travel lighter, you'll know the problem. You'll know why you weren't traveling lighter. You'll see it. You'll see the rock. And you'll see it not as yours, so when you put that, put it down, you won't look back. When it starts screaming, the sirens of Ulysses, oh, God, what? You forgot. You don't buy any of its little hooks, you know. You just walk away and you're a free person. Like a free-range alcoholic. Yeah, you got to, you know, this body and this brain has to follow a few parameters. If I shot coke right now, I'd probably uh, put out the donation basket really fast. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't know what bets would be wrong. But as long as this is behaved to a certain level, I have free range. Yeah? Possibilities are unlimited. And what's really great, you don't care about possibilities in a sense. <laughs> what is is way more than enough. 
<laughs> if you were really had a sense of what is, you wouldn't be asking for more of it. You really wouldn't be. <laughs> it, would be more, it would be more than enough. <laughs> You'd actually be back off, please. <laughs> please. Let me hold on to some of these pretenses, please. <laughs> it's scary. Reforming. <laughs> I need it, like it says in the Bible, the Son of Man has no place to rest his head. Yeah? It's sort of like that. <laughs> the mind has, stayed, has made this like a flagpole for a lot of reasons. It makes up a sense of false security, like you know what's going on around here. Where <laughs> this place is just a mystical, magical mystery tour. <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, you know, you may think you want things, but there's a lot of reasons why you don't want the mind. But this isn't, this doesn't have to be a rush. It just can drop, it just downloads, and then uh, you just start traveling lighter on a consistent basis. And that's sort of like, uh, that's damn nice, really. It's a really nice gift. And the, what's really beautiful is the reliability of it. And it's really worth the, the word solution. Most solutions here run out, you know? They have an expiration date for something. They get weak, and then the overriding quote-unquote problems seems to eclipse them sooner or later. But this is so reliable because it's not of this place. It didn't come, and it's not going. It's not elevated or decreased. It's just available. Yeah? Just an available space. But it's not like a dead space. It's pregnant and it's just um, it's just brought about a real easy comfort in my life because it's it's definitely worthy of being relied on. It's, it's got that force. So yeah. So just check out the claiming, yeah? Maybe if you're sitting today and you see the thoughts, maybe just see, well, maybe maybe sort of try to feel into the sense of what's happening when the thoughts are being claimed, like that there's a, a thinker. You'll get a feeling that's being produced. It's not there. It's not organic. It's a mental uh, contraction in a way. So the claiming occurs, and then it produces a sense of being the one who's doing or having or smelling or thinking or worrying or this or that, yes? And so you'll see, the pr- you may see the pr- production. If you see the production, uh, there'll be some free samples that I can't be that. You know? How can I be something that's produced when my whole storyline is that I'm inherently so? Yeah. <laughs> it sort of undermines the whole house of cards. And they all thought. And then the beautiful thing is, nothing new needs to be built there, just the space of mind. Not a mental giant like uh, Tower of Babylon, really rooted in language. You know, language is the trance maker. Yeah? Because thoughts are held in language. Yeah? You hear them, don't you? And they sort of sound like 
they're yours because there's an item being identified as the body, so the sounds made from this vocal cord are claimed to be yours. <laughs> and so now the thoughts sound like yours, so it seems like it's you talking to you. Yeah? It's a very, it's sort of like that Clint Eastwood talking to the chair, thinking it's Obama, you know, in that Republican convention. I don't know if you politics, but that's what we're doing all day. We're talking, the mind's talking to itself as itself, yeah? And then you see some people, they just give up all pretenses, they're doing it out loud. They're walking around, <laughs> you know, who are they talking to? It's like the, the, the chair that he's talking to, walking around, who is that? And it's just the mental process eating itself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's a mental illness. They can't take an x-ray of alcoholism. You can't see it. You can see its effects in the body, but you can't see it in the body. It's a mental activity. It's like a parasitical movement. It doesn't have anything, so it claims it all. Yeah? And once it claims it, it gets permission to give it meaning, this, this system called selfing, and that meaning is the interpretation of our life. And if we want relief from it, it gives us an interpretation of what the relief will look like, which I believe is another part of the problem, my, my own sense. Yeah? And so on and so forth. Self can't get out of self. Yeah? So if you go to the problem for a solution, that's a problem. And you can't get you can't go anywhere else because you take it to be you. So <laughs> you're always gonna go back to the same Greek oracle and it may have many different names and masks, but it's always you. <laughs> frustrating if there was a you, but it is there isn't a you, so it gets to be hilarious really. <laughs> you can laugh about it because it's hilarious. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> if you can make mountains out of molehills, it does it plays with time. See, the mental process produces a feeling of you, and yet there's a the feeling of you that thinks the pro- that you're doing the production. I'm selfing. Or the self thing's attacking me. No, you're at the end of the line. The mental process has made up the feeling of you, and now you're standing here and you go, oh, I'm actually the number one. I'm the cause of this all. And it's all happening to me. That's fucking selfie. <laughs> it isn't true. It uses time, because there's nothing real called time. It uses time, and so something, it produces a product, and the product feels like it was historically there before the pr- production. So you believe you were there before the thought. You're remembered, bro. Larry is remembered all day. That's all it is. Everything that happens is referred to something that we believe once happened. There's everything. There isn't just re-feeling called resentments. There's rethinking. There's rehashing. Every feeling is a re-feeling. Every thought's a re-thought. Everything's a rehashing. You know why? Because when it rehashes it, it remembers you. The mental process remembers you. And so you get remembered. If the mental process wasn't doing that, there would be no you to be remembered. Yeah, you'd be alive, like when you're surfing or having sex or whatever does it for you. You'd be just that most of the time. Because you are being remembered. The mental process, by claiming 
This moment says, this moment reminds me of a past moment. And you know who was in that past moment? You! You were in the past moment. You're not going to remember a past moment without you in it. You don't see it, the correlation? Every past moment is remembered because you're in it. <laughs> you're not in this moment. You're not. So it uses this moment to refer to a past moment that you are in. <laughs> because you're not in this one. <laughs> That's why it has no interest in this moment. But it doesn't. It only uses this moment to remember a past moment because then you're in it. You were definitely in the past moment. <laughs> but you're not, you have no evidence that you're here. <laughs> But you have a lot of evidence you were there. And you have a lot of evidence you will be there. <laughs> That's really you. Oh, in the mental realm, the will be. It's unbelievable. It produces so much anxiety and fucking fear and all that. Making so much out of nothing. Just to be remembered, really. It's all, it's whole point. It's whole point isn't to be provoking fear. It's to remember you. If fear remembers you better, it will use fear. And what better thing can it do with the future than to be worried about what's going to happen to you? Preservation of the life. That's right. It's selfish. That's right. It lives. It can't live here, but it lives in time. So that's what's preserving you in time. It has its memorabilia of the moments of the past, which are made up, and a future like gold mines of worry and concern. (laughs) (laughs) Yes? Check it out. And when you do something that's beautiful in the moment that really catches your attention, for all intents and purposes, the experience is you're not there. You never were, but you really get an experience you're not there, and that's the highest moments of your life is when you're not there. Yeah? <laughs> then the mind comes in, claims them, and now uses that moment that you were absent to beat the living shit out of yourself because <laughs> you're present now. See, I'm here. I can't believe it. I'm fucking up. If I could only get out of being me... And be here when I, and, and experience my own absence, it would be great. You can't. That's not the way it works. Yeah? Just see the mechanism of how, what's producing you. Learn about self is forgetting about self. Yeah? When yourself is forgotten, things happen. Other possibilities become dominant. Using this possibility, this moment, this body, this apparatus, this interface, other things will come through. And they'll leave an impression. Yeah? And the impression will be sort of more loving and kind and open and clear than that fucking arthritic contraction that the mental realm constantly provokes. You know? Isn't it contracting? How does, when you're having a good day, how long does it last? Ten minutes? You know, in your head? As soon as they have realized, they have realized you're having a good day. I shouldn't be having a good day. I haven't worked hard enough this week to have a good... Oh, blah, 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 blah. But if someone's having a bad day, the same mind elongates it. I'm going to be like this forever. I'm going to be depressed (laughs) for the rest of my life. What is that? It takes whatever's good, minimizes it. It takes the possibility that something's not good and elongates it. You want to live for that? You want to live under that tyranny? Really? You want to be at the whim of that fucking thing that's playing God? That doesn't follow any rules or reasons. You can do all the right things and still life won't work out. You can be really good and still you'll get fucked. Yeah. 
Other people who look like they don't give a shit are doing much better than you, supposedly. Your mind just has a field day here. <laughs> there is a solution, though. It really is. And super, sooner or later, in a nanosecond or over time, you'll realize the solution to the problem is that it's imaginary. And you're really doing, you're working really hard at the imagining of it. You are a participant in a really big way, not as an individual entity, but as mind. You're dreaming this place, yeah? And you're giving everything you dreamt the power to affect you. The dreamt tiger can only scare you as a dreamt object. If you don't take yourself to be a dreamt object, the dreamt tiger won't scare you anymore. But as long as you're the dreamt object, the dreamt tiger has the ability to scare you. Because that's how you're seeing it. You're not going to break away from that. Not as a dreamt object. If you could have, you would have already. You can't. You're locked in. Eh? The system locks itself in. Self can't get out of self. The system locks itself in. If you try to leave as the center of the system, you'll never leave the system. Yeah. A product of a mental process can't leave the process that makes it. It can't appear anywhere else. You're generated. The feeling of you is being generated from something. But that's when that's this you that's being generated can't leave the generator. <laughs> it's not it doesn't exist anywhere but in your head. It didn't exist when you were a little baby, and maybe at the time of death it won't it'll be obviously that it will it never existed either. But right now we're living as if it's so. And it's causing a lot of havoc for us. And we're taking that out on people we love and other people and ourselves and the world and fucking ignorant as hell and thinking it's all about me. And tons of mental geometric progressions are taking place and finding expression here just from this basis, basic insanity of I'm a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. I've got to get mine. Yeah? You've got yours already. Yeah. Your thoughts, your feelings, your problems. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, that's it. Any questions today? One, two. <laughs> it's, it's not a ten count. It's a three count. It's wrestling, not not boxing. <laughs> it's, it's not a ten count. It's a three count. It's wrestling, not. Thank <laughs> you.